Hey everyone, Shannon here. Mio and I have some very exciting news to share with you. We are hosting our very first travel retreat, November 9th through 12th, 2023. This is something we've been dreaming about creating for over a year now, an event where people can come together and explore their own intuition, developing it, working in a safe space with others who want to do the same, exploring working with their own energy, diving into self, deep healing, sisterhood, meditation, manifestation, all of the really, really good stuff, even opportunities for past life regression. We also found the coolest location, a super eccentric historic ranch in the mountains outside of Phoenix, Arizona. There's a pool, a hot tub, a huge fire pit, and access to hiking nearby. It's the perfect place to do this. Three and a half days of diving deep into your soul self. Food and lodging are included. You can find all of the details and lodging options on our website at soulsandstardustpodcast.com slash retreat. We would be so honored to share space with you in this. Hey, you guys, welcome back to another episode of Souls and Stardust podcast. Mio here and Shannon. And today we have a special guest, guest number three for the podcast. We're super excited. We have Christian Bradley West joining us. And for those of you who may have found him on social media, that's how I found him uh, years ago. In fact, I think it was like five years ago, six wow. years ago that I found you. <laughs> he is the country clairvoyant and super fun accounts to follow on Facebook and Instagram. I don't know. Are you still active on Facebook? I, I push everything from Instagram over to Facebook. I'm a little lazy. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> but, yeah. I, I think it's efficient. You're a Capricorn, right? That's efficiency. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I have only ever experienced your information that you put out as lighthearted, but with depth that's really useful in context, that context, excuse me, that's really applicable to life, but like so relative in terms of like daily human life. Life. So yeah. I really appreciate you, but it's freaking hilarious. Yeah. And we can swear, by the way, we swear all the time on this podcast, but <laughs> Good. it's really so fun to listen to your stuff, to watch your stuff and the whole satirical approach you have with regard to a spiritual journey, I think is so refreshing. Yeah. Keeping us all grounded. So we are so happy to have you here and we can't wait for a fun discussion on all things about what it's like for you in the spiritual community and advice that you have for anybody working through their own healing journey and their own awakening. Yeah. So yeah. Glad to be here. Thank you. Yeah. So tell us, tell us how we can find you again. So, so. you, yeah. So I, I'm on, you know, I'm on all the places and uh, very briefly and, uh, you know, Instagram, Twitter, Twitter's Christian B West. But if you Google Christian Bradley West, I think everything will pop up somewhere, um, you know, and then you can even see probably some old art I've done because I used to be in design work. Um, oh, cool. I, yeah. That I used to be engaged in one of my iterations, which I think, <laughs> we'll, you know, we talked about, we might touch on today. Uh, so yeah. And I, of course on Instagram, the country clairvoyant, um, and then and if I, someone wants to work with you, what's yeah, the... it's, it's christianbwest.com or the country clairvoyant.com. It's the same. It'll take okay. you to that place. Yeah. And again, you Google me, I'll be the top. Luckily I've been doing it long enough that my Woo! name on, on the SEO is, is, is at the top. So that's how I feel about me. <laughs> yeah. Like if there's anyone else in the world with that name, like <laughs> exactly. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I did actually work with you. Oh man, this must've been five or six years ago. We did, we had a reading together and it was actually super helpful for me. So I really have good. Yeah. I go back to that every so often. (laughs) I go back to the notes that I have. And, um, so yeah, you guys, I have had some work with Christian Bradley rest and it was super helpful at the time when I was going through my own, uh, version of metamorphosis at that time. Yeah. People come and find you. And what is it that you feel like right now is your biggest, I don't want to say purpose, but like your motivation for putting content out? What do you want to share with the world <laughs> from your perspective? Um, I, I feel like part of it's selfish. Some of it is my own ritual, my own routine. It it grounds me. It it's become um a a, a tether. Um, because I find when I stop doing it, I I don't feel as grounded, oddly mm-hmm. enough. Uh, and and as far as purpose is concerned, I have my philosophy about purpose. If we take it out of just this capitalistic. Um, you know, uh, the grind, um, have to fulfill a purpose, have mm-hmm. to find a purpose, have to live a purpose. Um, I definitely living the purpose is, is that, but more living on purpose. So my, my philosophy is more about, and purpose I define less as a thing or a task is more of, um, significance. So if it's on purpose, it's significant. So yeah. if if I look at the world through the lens of everything being significant, then definitely my social media has been significant in my life and uh, apparently for a lot of other people. So mm-hmm. that and, I mean, it's still I feel like very niche. I span a lot of subjects because I just that's just who I am. Sometimes I'm the most put together mess I know. <laughs> I love I just, chaos. <clears throat> I love, I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to do this today. Uh, and, and this feels right. Or this feels like the thing to do. Uh, and I am a hyperintuitive. Um, and so I just, yeah, I, my purpose right now is I feel like I have information. I feel like doing this over now more than 20, I'll go on over 25 years being in a spiritual space. Uh, that I have, that have to, I don't like to have to on myself or other people, (laughs) but, but I feel compelled, let's put it that way to put things into the world. I don't, I don't create things to sit on them. You know, I don't create them to put them in my pocket or for them to live in a place. And and I had to come to that in my art for years. I did my art, gave it away to friends, didn't do anything. But then in my early 20s, I was like, well, I really want this to be seen by people. I want to be seen and heard. So, you know, I had, you know, my first gallery show um, and all these things. So it kind of feels like that sometimes. I also, uh, you know, it's kind of terrifying putting yourself out there still, you know, they're absolutely that's still a thing I struggle with is the, the, you know, putting yourself showing up feels like an invitation, I say for ridicule, you know, Mm -hmm. or um, things like that. So that's something that I still, I still very much so struggle with. uh, And, and, you know, and and people taking a a soundbite and then creating a whole story about who you are from that soundbite, which I find alarming, Mm -hmm. uh, actually, and something that I teach too. Yeah. Yeah. 
I love that. So it's that. a spiritual practice. It's a spiritual yeah. practice <laughs> showing up. <laughs> like that's, this is, that's how I, I do my, uh, my daily, my daily meme posts and stuff. And I have to say like, you know, you're doing a good job. Like when you do, when you post something that's so oddly specific yet vague enough for all these people to relate to, yeah. I, five people will send me shit from your page. Like oh. the same. <laughs> like, so I'm like, awesome. like that means they're getting me. <laughs> Cause they're yeah, like, I love it. You. Yeah. I love it. I love it. It is those little spiritual nuggets of truth because I love, I love to surround everything in humor because I've had such amazing parts of life, but I've had some really fucked up parts of life, but I've yeah. always been able to find the humor on both sides of it. And yeah. so you know, my friends and I, we always talk like, we're like memes are life, you know, yeah. memes are therapy, they're humor, they make you feel good. Like, yeah. you know, it lets someone know it's the modern day card. Like I was thinking of you when I saw this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. And I mean, I have to tell you, Christian, you're like a, like a meme master. I was oh. trying to describe you to somebody <laughs> this morning when they were asking me, do you have to go to work? And I was like, actually, I'm going to do a podcast interview. And with this person, I'm like, Oh my God, you should check him out. He's like this meme master. And it's so hilarious. And so on point to like, you're making very specific points about mm -hmm. the nature of our reality and, and how maybe we should consider not should, but how we could yeah. consider walking yeah. through life versus yep. like getting lost in all the turmoil or chaos or expectations yeah. of whatever. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, That's I would definitely say Sag moon and mercury where it's like, we're going to have fun here, but there's going to be some real deep nuggets of like, yeah, there's truth that you're going to think about later. <laughs> That's the Saturn and Virgo square, those aspects for those that wanted some astrology, Saturn, Saturn grounds everything, yep. you know, and it's in my third house. So I definitely think very Virgo. So there, there is the teacher there, as, as you pointed out, that's definitely the teacher in me. Love. Absolutely. And particular too, a little bit of particularness, which is. Oh, oh God. <laughs> To the point of OCD, literally, like not a joke. Um, it, yeah, so I've been diagnosed with it. I'm like, oh, and was it when I started digging into my astrology shows, like, oh, there it is. There's oh, the it OCD. makes sense. Right. That's yeah. what I love when astrology astrologizes like that. Yeah, right. Like, oh, that's why. <laughs> that's yeah. it all. <laughs> and yeah, and, and Saturn, as it slows things down, it can be delayed speech. And because it's square my Mercury, I mean, I didn't talk till I was three. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That makes sense. Which is also a, an indicator that I was probably on the spectrum. So <laughs> a lot of things like showing up as we progress and we mature and you start to recognize all of that. You're like, oh, there's I'm going to connect that dot, yeah. which is something I love about astrology. It can help us I connect know. dots regardless of the pseudoscience. I still I'm like, it's a pseudoscience. And part of me is a scientist. And I'm like, oh, how, how do I do this? And I'm like, mm -hmm. because there's something to it. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know what it is, but there's it's something to it. That that language of symbolism yeah. that is universal. And it's like, it's just more symbols and ways for us to speak and relate and understand how like the things work within us and yeah. around us. And yeah. yeah, I, I love astrology. I've dug into my chart clients charts, famous people, regular people. I'll look up yeah. stuff I see on Reddit. As soon as someone posts a date of birth with a time, I'm like, hold on. <laughs> What's going on? And then comparing it to their story or their, yeah. like, even if it's a news headline or something, I'm like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, you, and you regularly talk about astrology in the content that you put out, which I really love. It'll be like little nuggets of here's, here's what's going on alignment wise or transit wise. And 
uh, this is how you can integrate it into your daily life or be aware of it as you're trying yeah. to navigate. And so when did you start to really work with astrology? So, uh, you know, um, one of your questions on the list had been like, when was my awakening and all of those things? And I think this ties into it. There really wasn't one. Um, again, if there's no astrology, I have a um, south node in Pisces conjunct my midheaven and also square my Neptune. Um, and so there is always like a, an influence of the spirituality. I was always influenced or interested in art, even history that can be Pisces things. Um, you know, excavation. I wanted to be a paleontologist ah. or an archaeologist or something like that. Investigating what happened, old old civilizations, things like that. When I was very young, I mean, we're talking about when I was like six, and I, and I discovered it in an encyclopedia and decided that was it, and then. I, um, and I remember being very interested in poetry, mm -hmm. like a ridiculously young age. And, and then that, that those were like, uh, they don't appear spiritual, but there was this kind of movement toward knowing something or feeling something mm -hmm. or being connected to nature was big too. I mean, I spent a lot of time outdoors as a kid and and took walks by myself. Now I think I would go into these forests and walk around my neighborhood in like the middle of nowhere and think, God, I was by myself. How did, how did that work out? Um, and, <laughs> yeah, it was really interesting to think like I didn't, I mean, I came across a, a, a man once and I was, you know, in the middle of the woods who was probably homeless. And I was like, can I go where you're going? I was just, that's the person I was. <laughs> and I still, I have had to learn not to trust everyone. Oh I mean, gosh. just implicit trust. And, and so, um, so I just felt something and then I got really sick in my teen years. We had a family friend who was very close and she worked in a metaphysical shop. So hmm. I became ever more exposed to that in my teen years, uh, became more aware of what those things were, had, you know, my chart done, went to our house, or a bunch of people sat in a circle, met spirit guides. Uh, had a bunch of readings, like everyone, because I was so young, everyone was like, sure, I'll read you. And yeah. so I just carried my chart around. So that was really the introduction. <laughs> it was, they just, Pull it, it out was, of your pocket. it was Here's there. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and I had my palm read and, you know, all the, and even the reading of meeting the spirit guides was still very significant. She saw this, you know, Gandalf wizard person on, I think to my left and then a child, um, you know, to my right. And I, you know, there seems to be this oscillation between those aspects, which is very Merlin, right? Merlin mm -hmm. aged backwards, yep. you know, and things. So, you know, it, it's odd that things like that presented that still I think about today. So that threw me into the tools of it, I would say, and exposed a different version. And then I found Don Miguel Ruiz, found Eckhart Tolle, who both published her book in 1997, the year I graduated from high school. And that just accelerated some things. I was like, take nothing personal. Oh my gosh. Like that was healing. <laughs> yeah. Well, also sure, probably, <laughs> probably for those who don't know, it's the second agreement in the four agreements and probably one of the, one of the most challenging things, but be impeccable with your word really is the baseline. And of course, I talk a lot about values with clients and things and, and being honest, I say is really the only value you ever need. If you're mm -hmm. honest, then there's, there's nothing else. And, and, and yeah. I reread the four agreements and I giggled because he said it must have been ingrained in me because he says the first agreement, if you're impeccable with your word, you don't need the others because taking things personally is yeah. a story yeah. as making assumptions is a story. 
Um, and if you're honest with yourself, then you're going to be honest about your energy levels and what's going on. And that helps you do your best. So the four agreements really became a set of tenants to support me going forward. I also ended up, you know, my teen years getting my first deck. It was an angel deck uh, that I really don't read with. It had a bunch of Renaissance and Baroque paintings of angels. And at the time, I really loved it and it really worked for me. Uh, I was very connected to, I guess, that realm. Uh, you know, so like a lot of us that have started, we start with the angels, right? It seems like, especially if you come from a Christian background, yep. it seems to yeah, be a, a very easy. It's, yeah. it's the gateway drug. Exactly, it is. <laughs> and so, which I think is why Doreen Virtue was so, uh, who who those don't know, did a lot of angel decks and has since renounced them, sadly. Yeah. Uh, We've but discussed that on the show. Um, too. <laughs> there you go. So, you know, I, I think that, um, that, that, that that is because it was like oh this feels safe you know i, I can mm -hmm. work with the angels and it's adjacent to my christian beliefs but i was also it loved fairies grew up you know wanting to be a fairy that type of thing loved mm -hmm. unicorns loved anything fantasy um and things like that so you know so my my i had a very rich inner life as a kid i still have one as an adult and i think that that in and of itself was spiritual in its own way, because I was willing to go within to that inner life. And I think that's a major step in our spiritual process is to turn within mm -hmm. and not in a narcissistic way, although it can become that for some people. Mm -hmm. um, but in a what's what's happening in my inner world? Why do I feel this way? What's going on? So I was always this little investigator too. Um, that, that has continued, which is probably was part scientist. And I went to school for, you know, a science degree, <laughs> um, because that was a part of what needed to come out of me. Yeah. And, and so, so I did end up becoming a scientist, just not, what? not the scientist, but I, yeah. I it exercised That's... physiology. Oh yeah. Um, okay. yeah, yeah. So that, that became a whole thing for me and getting in touch with my body. Cause when I got sick, I became very interested in the essential oils too, before the MLMs, um, you yeah. know, all of that, you know, <laughs> yeah. and really learned about it and it did help. I mean, I took a lot of baths and things I had, uh, for those who don't know, I had Crohn's, I was diagnosed with Crohn's, which I recently oh. found is in remission, thankfully. Um, well, good. And, and without medication for me, yeah. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying that people shouldn't take their medicine, but um, right, right, right. I, I, being someone who comes from background also with nutrition, uh, I, I knew what my body liked and what it didn't mm -hmm. like and and what to do to stop the inflammation and yeah. you know certain seed oils and you know stay away from certain things so you know all of that being said um the spiritual journey has just uh, and and it's just something i kept up with you know, it's been something that's been constant in my whole life. And of course, I, my background is, of course, I was uh, in my yearning to connect with uh, something greater. I, I became Christian because that's what was offered to me. And mm -hmm. then, of course, in my teen years, when I came out um, as gay, which seemed to be in direct opposition to the values of the church, um, which it's not, but it's it, for some people it is. Yeah. Um, it doesn't have to be. But uh, then that that really was a, was an awakening. So as I like to say, there there was a lot of awakenings. There was a yeah. lot of aha moments. There was a lot of, oh, well, 
here's all these tools. Oh, here's these people talking, like introducing me to this spiritual thing. Um, these authors, and and then you know that that family friend has essentially become a mentor. You know, mm -hmm. and I did a lot of therapy very early on too, which which <laughs> you know which seemed to help uh, to some degree. And and I got yeah. to the point my therapist was like, I don't think you need to come anymore in my twenties. Um, but for for uh, what have and I was, I was in a good place. And because I was working out so much that had become my somatic therapy in, mm -hmm. in conjunction with the talk therapy. And I didn't know that at the time, by the way, I didn't connect those dots until my thirties when my PTSD through a very violent, abusive childhood uh, came back mm -hmm. and uh, instigated by a relationship. And so that was its own spiritual awakening as well. So it was like, why am I back here? I feel like a teenager again. I feel like I don't have control. I feel like I don't have control over my life. I feel like I'm lost. I'm, I, I, I've, you know, and, and I started to question everything again, which was very, well, I still question everything to some degree, but more in a curiosity sense, yes. you know. So and and I forget what the original question was to so remind <laughs> me because I wanted to preface it with that long ass story. Um, it but, was uh, about yeah. astrology, like how oh. did you? <laughs> so yeah, so that's how it happened. And 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 then in my thirties, I started to really dig in um, in a way I hadn't before. I had I had always gotten my chart read every year, my mm -hmm. um, solar return, and I, I and what I decided um was i noticed people were hungry for it people were hungry for tarot so i was like well you know this has been something that i've been engaged in for years why don't i just you know um why don't i just dig more into it and then and then i felt inspired to offer it because i could uh, but my mentor you know this friend doesn't she says you're not an astrologer you're an intuitive so yeah. i can i it's true i can look at a chart from the yeah. from the beginning i could just look at a chart and just get information yeah that's and, how i see it too I yeah images start flooding in even it's yeah. like validating what you see in the chart, but it's still coming in here. Exactly. So, so I still baseline on being an intuitive more than anything else. Uh, although, as I've learned, you know, really immerse myself in 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 it, um, and you know, everything I've learned over the years. I mean, it it wasn't hard to do, um, and I think I've gotten better because of it. Um, and yeah, like any tool, you use a muscle, it gets stronger. So yeah, yeah. there's a certain maturation that comes to as you're on your journey and you're connecting, yeah. as you say, all these dots yeah. and having more perspective and seasoning that you then look through a different lens when you're using the tools yeah. and have then perhaps more context, uh, yes. more layers, more facets to the gem, as we say. Yeah. Yeah. So that's amazing. And I, I love that it was such a, long ass story, as you said, because <laughs> that's really just helping people who are listening understand how long it can take to really come into yourself at yeah. these different stages and become really comfortable yeah, with your is, journey. This isn't TikTok. This isn't like yeah. blips of, all right, here's your spiritual grow for today. Like, yeah, yeah. it is deep and painful and or just long, long and circuitous, right? Like it's the meandering Patterns, journey yeah. at times. The labyrinth. Are you going around the, as, as, as my friend says, are you going around the big circle? Or are you going around the little circle? You yeah. know, and I realized over the last few years, I had gone around, I've come around a big circle from that time when I was a teenager to now. 
and feeling very lost, lonely, um, isolated, um, mostly due to the fact that I was gay, but also I had these other interests, you know, um, as, as far as spirituality is concerned. And that was really challenging. And I'll say, we touched on something before we started recording that I feel like it's a good point thing to bring up is I've had to touch on all my pieces. And this is something that's really, I think something that I'm noticing in the millennial generation. And when I reached 40, I was like, well, how do I, how do I use everything I've learned? Mm. So I was a personal trainer. So the the training and it, what people don't realize is, is through my degree, there was a lot of psychology involved mm -hmm. and people don't realize that people are like, ah, oh, you know, I can become a personal trainer, whatever, but in personal training, you've got it? different. Yeah. It, you're, yeah. you're changing the mind. You're not changing just the body and the nervous system. If you're conscious of, mm -hmm. of all the pieces, because they're all from my perspective, holographic in yep. some capacity. And so you're, you're, of course, you're working with the totality of it. You want to rewire things for more health, more well-being and stuff like that. So at the time, we called it behavior, behavior modification. Um, I would now probably just call it behavior awareness because you're not so much, mo you're modifying things to some degree. So I carry that into my work now. It's there now. And everything I've learned creatively and even my relationships that where I was confronted with other people's trauma that then, you know, instigated me to revisit mine in my 30s, uh, how I, I really took a deep dive into the effect of trauma and brain wiring. And yes. Yeah. yeah. And, and attachment theory. And, and it took a lot of classes for it too, um, uh, from what I feel are reputable places so that I could then support not only my own development and growth, because anything that I've learned, then other people are going to benefit from is how mm -hmm. I see it. And I think that's, you know, in spiritual terms, usually called grace, you know, it's like a transmission. Once you've, once you've learned something, you can then transmit it out there. And maybe you're going back to what's the purpose. Maybe that's the purpose, the ultimate purpose. Mm -hmm. um, if we look at it in terms of a goal or 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 a steady thing, uh, not just the way I said it, significance, but you know, um, so everything has built on everything else. And I use my design skills to design my website, to my writing, my which I you know strengthened that muscle over the last decade. Because in 2011, I decided to write, to really write, not just write in my journals or write poetry here and there, which I wrote, which I filled up journals constantly, but to really hone in on a story mm. and develop that. Yeah. And, and so that has assisted me in becoming more articulate, offering sessions, uh, has helped me to become more articulate and to use the, the to work the intuition muscle mm -hmm. and also articulate and to teach essentially in some capacity, hopefully, I'm, I don't know, <laughs> you know, um, to, to relay some information, which I think is what teaching does and um, or good teaching anyway. <laughs> and in a way that is fun and enjoyable and, 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 and interesting and, and not, um, and we need more things. We need to look at things outside of uh, and decentralize a lot of things, which we're seeing mm -hmm. happening in in our world, like decentralizing it from you know white supremacy and different things like that. Mm -hmm. um, so you know, again, which I've been blessed with. Um, I don't talk a lot about it, uh, you know, but uh, my stepmother is a black woman. So this, like, when Black Lives Matter showed up, it's like the and, and my best friend is a black man. 
And these are things that we had talked about for many years. And so I had to also confront my privilege in yeah. this journey and understand what that was and what that looked like. Um, and so there, there's just been a lot of layers to this. And, yes. and so my encouragement to anyone and what I find when I get a lot of, when a lot of clients come to me, the block isn't so much a block because there are like these essentially you call them blocks, call them what you will. Um, but it, it's the fact that they're afraid to explore that next layer, mm -hmm. that next thing and go through that iterative process, which we've learned can be, we call it the spiritual work, but in my work, I would prefer to call it the play, you know, which goes back to the, the Hindus, the term of the Leela or the play of form or the mm -hmm. play of object or the, you know, the play of God. And, and so you know, I, I and I think uh, Terrence McKenna, it was Terrence McKenna or another dude like that who was like, <laughs> "This is this is all for fun. This is all for fun." Yeah. But humans are have been remarkably good at capitalizing on suffering. Oh, <laughs> and you, fucking real, right? Yeah, and use it, which I think is where we wanted to take this in here, and use the suffering um, to to not only make a living um but also to subvert and 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 to um what's the word i'm looking for oppress mm -hmm. you know uh, people and 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 so it's 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 it, and we learn it ourselves you know a lot of the stuff i work with is with clients is internalized authority so yeah. going back to that modification is like okay you've internalized some form some form of authority that you learned as a kid Right. So let's um, let's address that, because essentially that's what's preventing you from going forward. Yes. You know, you're the expectations, as you mentioned earlier, you know, which I think are just regulatory reactions to our world. If we set up the expectation and we try and get to it, then the assumption is that we might be able to control something yeah. <laughs> you know? and feel safe and feel safe. I was just going right. to say it's safer that way. Right. Yeah. It's, it it's appears, less overwhelming. Yeah. It appears safe anyway. I don't know mm -hmm. if it is, but, it, you know, it certainly appears safe. Yeah. The yeah. perception of safety. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting because we learn from a very young age that um, we give our power away in this, right? It, well, we learn to give our power away in this yeah. from a very young age, and we don't realize it until we're much older that we yeah. had given our power away. Yeah. And so the the whole avoiding of going deeper is part of this subconscious, like not realizing how we had put ourselves in this position in the first place. And yeah. then to realize that we've done that, it's like, well, it's crushing, right? Yeah. <laughs> you come to this realization, like, how the fuck did I let that happen? Yeah. And then you've got all this work to catch up on. So yeah. from my perspective, helping people, it's like they're at a loss when they have this realization. Finally, where do I even start Yeah. with finding me doing that inner work, which is scary for so many people. Like, what does yeah. that even mean? Do the yeah. Work? What does yeah. it even that mean to the work? And then they take it so seriously where they forget to enjoy this whole unfolding of themselves, yeah. this whole evolution. And we, we used the word metamorphosis before we started recording and, and in the, and I, similar to you feel like the purpose of life is to just experience it, to live yeah. and to learn how to be as open-hearted as possible, like learning love, like what is love on all of its levels. Yeah. That's why we're here. Sometimes we have to learn that shit through really hard lessons. Right. Yeah. And 
but it's not without some kind of benefit moving forward, right? You become yeah. wiser, you become stronger, more resilient because you you're able to teach yeah. through those experiences and help, you know, potentially millions of other people yeah. by what you've experienced. And I just love that you keep, you keep reiterating, like I'm, I'm in this mode where I feel like I, I have something to share and perhaps that's a teacher, right? And absolutely yeah. it's a teacher and it, they come in so many different forms, Yeah, even in like short social media posts, right? If they're in an authentic format, if they're coming from the heart space, people can tell, yeah. and then they can take that in with their own authenticity and apply it to their life the way yeah. it's meant to. So perhaps this is a good segue into like, where are, like, what are the biggest challenges in a spiritual community? Cause we're all in it, right? All of us are yeah. in it. It's just varying levels or degrees. Yeah. What do you so, see are the biggest challenges? So I'd like to go back really quick and address the thing where you said those spiritual work. I, I like the word practice better or mm -hmm. even process. Uh, the practice is the process. <laughs> um, the goal is the process. Yeah. It, it's like, oh, we're reaching, we're grasping for this thing. Uh, and 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 so that's why I've, I've attempted to um, uh, to retire the word work. Uh, it still comes through. Mm -hmm. I'm, I am Capricorn. I'm like, do the work, you know, type of thing. <laughs> I even <laughs> say I give my clients homework. Uh, but again, these things become practices, you know, of, of a, uh, the spiritual process is nothing more than a practice. Mm -hmm. and there are some spiritual teachers that have maintained their meditation practice, maintain all of the things throughout their the entirety of of their of of their teachings, you know, mm -hmm. of their of their life. And so the biggest challenge, one of the biggest challenges I see is, is, well, there, I, I was trying to narrow it down when I was thinking <laughs> about this earlier, but let's talk about the authority thing for a minute. I, I think we, a lot of us, most humans come from a monotheistic religious background. This mm -hmm. is God is the authority of everything. And if certain psychological circles are true, then oftentimes the gods in our life are our parents, our authority figures. So we oftentimes will model what we term God or even goddess or whatever you want to call it, the universe, um, off of a parent and off of someone that we want to keep us safe, right. that we want to guide us, that we want to teach us. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. What I'm saying, though, is, is oftentimes people become very disappointed when their authority figures do not live up to their expectations. Mm -hmm. So what we're seeing in the spiritual and the coaching community and stuff right now is it's it, there's a lot of exposure of humans who um, have abused their power. Mm. And so I think this is a real challenge for people is to, and when I first started, I was aware of this and I was aware, and I really didn't want to step into the role because I was like, I don't know, my ego can get out of hand sometimes. And so I made the agreement with myself, going back to being impeccable with my word. I was like, well, I'm going to be honest mm -hmm. at all times, but, uh, but uh, as much so with myself. So I'm not projecting. So I'm not, I use stories from my life as examples in sessions or, you know, in people, because that's where I can teach from. It's what yeah. I've lived. 
but I'm not processing, if that makes sense, in sessions. I'm not processing things. It's not something that I'm going through in that moment, usually, mm-hmm. uh, rarely. Um, or if it is, then I've just had an aha moment. And the client right. comes and says, hey, I, I have a question. And it happens to be, the answer happens to be that aha moment that I had the day before. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, look that. at it this way. Yeah. And so the challenge, one of the challenges is, is that people uh, feel like they have to outsource their responsibility Mm. to others. And really the spiritual practice is about that accountability, about that responsibility, about that self-awareness. And again, not in this narcissistic, um, impositional kind of way, because we don't want to turn that voice of authority into another voice of authority, which is just more conditioning or, or use our conditioning to condition other people. Right. You know, a, a good teacher says, try this. And if it doesn't work, then try something else. Ask the questions. And I say the word question has the word quest in it. So, you know, it, it's about, it, so more teachers are more guides. Like, Hey, look at this. Have you tried this? Have you done this? Uh, hey, I learned this. Um, see if this works, things like that. And most of us are all saying the same thing if we're if we've all arrived to a certain point in the teaching spiritually, you know, which is which goes back to, as I say, the love, the totality, all of that. But the other thing that I see that is a challenge is everyone's like, can't we all get along or we're all in this together? Can't we just love everybody? Let's just ascend to 5D, which becomes another savior thing, the 5D yeah. thing or whatever. Like, let's just let's another Jesus is returning. Exactly. It's like, yeah, it's, it's an escape, right? Yeah. <laughs> so so I see that as a potential challenge. It, we're not here to escape things. And if you look at a tesseract, it's a cube within mm-hmm. a cube. So mm-hmm. 5D, uh, to me, it's we're not ascending into 5D it's more about recognizing where we're stuck <laughs> um, because a Tesseract is 5D and people don't, people are, I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, I'm like, th- that's just another matrix, y'all. If you, if you look at it, it's more conditioning. Exactly. Yeah. So I see that as a challenge. And so, you know, what I see is a lot of desire for quick fixes, quick yes. manifestations, mm-hmm. quick, let's get this, let's get that. Let's go do this shit on the, the right moon cycle. Yes. Which, which, I, which yeah. I think the rituals are great. The rituals are part yeah. of the practice. The issue that I have is people think they can do them once and that's not yeah. a ritual. Yes, yeah. that, that right <laughs> that's there. Not, that's, <laughs> like, that, that's if not I a, eat this salad once, I'm going to be healthy for well, it's a it's a ceremony, <laughs> but a ceremony is not a ritual. Yeah. A ceremony is a ceremony. A marriage is a ceremony. The marriage itself is the ritual. Right. You know, mm-hmm. the, the marriage ceremony is just that the ceremony. So, uh, you know, what the, the vows are the agreements that we make. Right. So really a big part of this journey is making those agreements and then practicing those agreements within yes. ourselves. Mm-hmm. For me, one of the, the agreement was, I want to be honest. The other agreement I made was, um, I want to, uh, uh, you know, drop whatever my selfishness is, what I think I need out of certain things, which I was finding out through like my desire to manifest things. I, I was very being very selfish. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to get mine. I want this. I want that. And this is very early on. This was before I actually started uh, offering things publicly because I, I, I wanted to work through things in retrospect before I was going to do that. And then, um, 
and, and then the uh, some other agreements was you know to show up, be available uh, for people uh, outside of dropping any selfishness, things like that. So uh, these become the pri- consciousness, being conscious. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is that is the big. That's probably my along with being honest is the biggest agreement. So the spiritual journey is really, I think, a rewiring our brains. Uh, and our bodies and our being for more awareness mm-hmm. um and and not and and which of course mitigates the fear eventually we start to as we become more aware the fear might still be there i say the fear is still there for me but it doesn't get to drive the car right. um i i put I put him in the trunk and said, not today, <laughs> Satan. Um, <laughs> I, I see you. I hear you. I'm not going to bypass it. I acknowledge it, uh, which is something that I see in the spiritual community, too, is a lot of people, oh, that's bypassing. I'm like acknowledging it and then choosing to set it down and not use it as a tool is not bypassing it. Yeah, because we don't like I acknowledge, observe. Yes. Look at it, but I don't, I can't dwell in it. Cause if you exactly. dwell in it, that's when shit starts getting really crazy. And well, dark. that's the negative version of rumination. Right. right? That's yes. yeah. So you don't get anywhere. You stay yeah. there. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So one of my favorite spiritual tools is the word stop <laughs> where I just, I, I will recognize I'm getting into that negative rumination and be like, you can't fix this right now. There's, you need more information. There's nothing you can do about this right yeah. now. So we're going to stop. Yeah. Love that. It's presence, right? Yeah. It's like, it's choosing to interrupt the pattern and be present. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And so we talk about some of the challenges and I feel like we're moving into some of the things that there, that are the solution is a strong term because we make the assumption once we find the solution, like it ends there. Right. <laughs> Again, mm-hmm. it's not a practice. So some of these are the practices that we can go into. And, and I think the knowing when to ask the questions, knowing when to do that, knowing when to pause mm-hmm. and just allow is a big thing. Um, and, and really, I think the biggest thing, because so much of spirituality has been westernized, it has been come with this like independence model of I'm going to and manifest destiny thing, right? I'm going <laughs> to yes. go into the frontier. I'm going to establish myself in this and I'm going to strike gold, right? right? And and fuck everyone else. And people <laughs> might, people say, and this is the most sinister thing. It's like, um, I saw a meme yesterday that said the worst the worst person you know, um, how could they fumble such a bad bitch? And, you know, and I kind of feel that way sometimes with uh, some of the spiritual teachers or people coming into this is I'm like, you're literally not there yet. Yeah. And yet you're and and parroting the information is one thing, but assuming that you have it, Mm -hmm. even with me in that curiosity, I'm like, well, I figured out what works for me, but I can't impose this or be, I'd be right for anyone else. Yeah. Yeah, It's not absolute truth, right? Like every journey is different. Yeah. Well, I think to some degree there is an absolute truth. Uh, The way if, if, however you want to term that the way it, it is faceted is different, you know, for each of us, you Mm -hmm. know, the absolute truth being 
at any given point in time right now is that it's 72 degrees outside for me, but it's not 72 degrees outside for where you are, no, you know, not. potentially. And so, you know, and actually I think it's colder today, sadly, but uh, <laughs> I'm ready for, I'm ready for warm weather. Um, but you know, I, I keeps getting, here. <laughs> it keeps getting cold here. Um, but you know, I, I think that, so we want to be conscientious of, as they say, read the room. You want to know what what's the temperature for that person right now. And me saying, well, I'm going to dress in shorts and T-shirt in a very reductionist way of saying it because it's 72 degrees for me in my life and this is the way I'm going to live it. But someone living in the Arctic needs a coat. But telling someone in the Arctic that they need shorts and a T-shirt isn't helpful. <laughs> really, it's a great metaphor for this. You know? And so, so I see a lot of people in the spiritual community going, "Well, I figure this out. It's got to be right for everybody." Mm -hmm. And 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 so, if you ask me, what I would say, one of the biggest challenges for all of humanity, not just the spiritual community, is the need to be right. Yes. Oh my God, the ego and the ego that's there, right? Yeah. And being able to come within you know, within yourself and understand that it's okay, that this can just be for me. Yeah. And it, it doesn't have to be, I don't have to be known for this. I don't yeah. have to be seen as accomplished because I've done this. I can just yeah. hold it as my own in this journey. Yeah. But yeah, that need to be right or to be, well, I mean, I see it as a need to be validated, right? Externally. Well, and yeah, and it goes back to what I call the survival brain that yeah. is connected to a very tribal way of doing things of if I don't have my tribe, I die. I need yeah. to be accepted. I need to belong. So it goes back to the belonging. And if everyone agrees with me, then I'm safe. Mm -hmm. We're all safe. If we all agree together. Uh, people don't realize, though, is that you can believe in different versions of God and leave everyone the hell alone. <laughs> yeah. Amen you know to that, right? Me. And mind your own business uh, without imposing your identity, your opinions, uh, your perception, so forth and so on, onto mm -hmm. others in a, in a um, I want to say a, a, a malefic way, you know, mm -hmm. uh, with malice or whatever. So I, and I think I use that word, right. But, you know, so we, 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 I think the, and this is born out of capitalism, the, I have the truth, mm -hmm. uh, the ultimate truth. And I need to sell the ultimate yeah. truth because I need to survive and I need to make money uh, to, to do that is something that has infiltrated this community, mm -hmm. um, which uh, I forget the teacher's name is, and I can't believe I did, but um, I'm pretty sure he was Buddhist. And he wrote a great book in the early 80s, I think it was early 80s, called Spiritual Materialism. So oh. he was already talking uh, about these things <laughs> coming into the community, you know, many years ago. And people forget that too. What, what it frustrates me is really young people coming into this and they're like, oh, I just figured this out. No one else has figured this out. I'm like, yeah, someone figured that out 500 years ago. And here's a writer that talked about it then, uh, you know, over a century ago, people were talking about this two centuries ago. You know, the, the indigenous cultures have talked about this, you know, since the they were indigenous, <laughs> which is, you know, <laughs> you know, millennia. millennia. On a so shallow, like shallow level of this, I was watching a reel and it was 
like a little TikTok girl that was mm-hmm. figured out how to take a brush and tease up her hair. And she's like, <gasps> mind blown. Like <laughs> teaching everyone how to do this. I'm like, girl, we've been doing that. We've been doing exactly. <laughs> <laughs> this ain't nothing new. And so there's nothing well, new under the sun. Welcome exactly. The there you go. There you go. Welcome. Welcome. That's yeah. just it. And so, so in the need to be right, though, it can blind us to mm-hmm. the, and you said something earlier that I think is really important. A big part of this journey is contextualizing things, connecting the dots, even yeah. in trauma therapy, what a therapist does. And even in sessions that I, like I do, I'm not a therapist, uh, but sometimes I, I do hold, or I hate to say hold space, but I do it's offer a space. Yeah. And it can be yeah. therapeutic if, if, if you're trauma informed, at least. Um, and maybe if you're not, but I think mostly if you are, and and you you come from a space where you're going to let the person borrow context for a minute from you mm-hmm. and you offer context to things and in in a lot of therapy work there's the of course the identity of these maladaptive pieces of ourselves often called the inner child or as i say inner children because i had i realized very early on i had more than one child there's like oh there is inner children in here and they are like herding cats some days yes <laughs> and then like there are lots of pieces which goes back to we want to acknowledge the pieces and then you've got what, so what a therapist will oftentimes do, and even what I want to do in my sessions is let's, let's look at the inner adult. And some people call this a higher self, but if we're really looking at it, it's the frontal lobes that we're activating that is assisting the human in contextualizing what's going on in their life, mm-hmm. why they feel this way, and then, and then what are some tools or, or why they're viewing things, the world through a certain lens. And, and then how can you then step outside of that pattern, that behavior, and look at it in a very direct light? And, and so what we do in this community is to provide the context for that. But if you don't give someone room to figure it out on their own, and and you say this is the way it has to be, and it becomes very narcissistic in that capacity, uh, when you enforce your views on others without the allowance, like people come to my page and they're like that's not right and i'm like well then don't come to the page like like you have a choice here if it's if it's not right for you then that's okay i will agree with you exactly and and i'm not and so you know the way i see things the way that ever arrived for me like i've i've had every astrology session ever known to man I've had any different house systems, everything. They have all told me something very significant that I took away. It was all very supportive in some capacity. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, you can can get what you need where you need it. And so I think, though, again, in that happening, I could connect the dots to and and uh, support me in that. So a big part of this work is contextualization. Let's take it out of that. And and as far as like, and the other thing I see in the community is a lot of these conspiracy theories and people going, well, this is really important, damn it. We need to pay attention to this. And sometimes I'm like, it's not important. It's not important. Why? Because you can't control it. <laughs> you can't do anything about what certain politicians are doing in other states because you mm-hmm. can't vote for them. You can't do any of these. What you can do, though, is you can show up in your own life. Yes. And be that beacon of light, be that beacon of awareness and, and work where you are. So the author asked, start where you are, use what you have, do what you can, mm-hmm. you know? 
we 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 must begin where we are. And so uh, being on social media for me, I realize I have a global reach and have and reach uh, believe it or not millions of people a week uh, be, even though I have only 78,000, you a lot of people see the stuff because it yeah. goes to explore whatever. And so you know, um I realize that that's happening. But I can't do any of that if I'm not here and now in my body, right. in my space. And what I'm learning in my vicinity is what gets posted, right? What I or what I have learned in proximity to my own experience and that experience that then, uh, you know, evolves right and 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 expands in and then the next thing that happens of course is the expansion of the expression that comes with that and, and so my my feeling around all of this is is we just want to maintain context and yeah are 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 is there a lot happening around is there exposure going on with celebrities and certain teachers and and social media even help with that there's been a bloody june resurgence which i love and you know she wrote are you there god it's me margaret and i don't think that would have happened it without social media without tiktok and people talking about hey i discovered this book that was written you know in the 60s that i think it was the 60s 60s 70s that i relate to now that mm -hmm. still is relevant yeah. this human experience that took place then i'm i'm still like we're still dealing with this you know and i love that and i don't think that could have happened with social media without social media and all the things yeah. and and so there's there's tremendous you know or, or a beauty to how amazing it can be but we're inundated with so much information so that discernment that has to become yes. paramount i mean mm -hmm. it just and how do we do that well first we want to remove any filters that we have from our own eyes that come from our trauma our fear our you know and an experience that says well maybe this doesn't apply to this mm -hmm. you know or apply to me right maybe this yeah. doesn't apply to me yeah, it has nothing to do with me. You know, I, <laughs> in my own vulnerable narcissism, I would reach <laughs> out to my mentor and I'd be like, what's going on, blah, blah, blah. And she would say, this has nothing to do with you. And I, and like, I think the first What time, a relief. <laughs> yeah, I think the first time I was like, oh. And then another thing was like, I did go through the stage where I was like, everything has meaning. And I believe that to be true. I don't think everything means something for me, though. And yeah. so I've even learned this in my session. Something will present an animal within 24 hours. I'm getting a session or something, yeah. and I'll look into it. And then the person arrives and has a question. And I'll be like, oh, this happened. Yep. This this was for you. This wasn't for me. So, and I noticed in the, I used to collect art and antiques and things, and I had a little shop for a while. And I found out that I learned through that, that objects came to me to come through me. Ah. They weren't mine. They might live with me for a minute. They might be in my space. It can get confusing the, sometimes though, when you don't realize it, because if you think everything's for me, then it's like, what do I do with this? And you're exactly. like, oh, okay. Uh, I was yeah. going to say, it's funny that you mentioned that because that's how it works for me too, where I'll start getting signs for people before we. I love that. Anything. Yeah. And this morning, my son was talking about Gandalf and you were talking about. Your <laughs> Gandalf. I mentioned Gandalf. So I was like, all right. Yeah. 
He's yeah. here. <laughs> the, the wizard seems to be an archetype that shows up for me a lot, and especially yeah. more recently, I think. But I think the wizard is also, you know, related to the hermit. People, people misinterpret the hermit card to just mean going within and that's a part of it but then but the hermit is not within in the card the hermit is standing out on a cliff with yeah. the star yep. with the star and so the hermit's really the teacher which is also related to virgo which we touched mm -hmm. on earlier and so the hermit is out there with the eight-pointed star from the star card offering options because the star is what is possible yeah the wish it's the yeah. wish yeah. Well, it can be. I mean, you know, or the goal or the North Star. I say, mm -hmm. I think I think everyone needs the North Star, not like a carrot. Uh, that's not <laughs> like to chase. I think they're two different things. But to to essentially go, okay, this is what I'm this is the direction I want to go. You know, my North Star right now is getting books published, you know, getting nice. words in, out into the world and, and expanding. I think something we mentioned me kind of re or shifting things i'm not going to say rebranding exactly but showing some more layers and i've decided i'm going to start a blog because i'm getting really frustrated or feeling limited with social media because they're sound bites yep. and to me memes are portals these things are we're not meant to stand in a doorway mm -hmm. and so we want to move beyond the doorway into a deeper sense of teaching but what's happening with the younger generation is they're not expanding on anything so they're no. taking sound bites especially in the psychology department and and throwing these words around like narcissist and gaslighting and so forth and so on and and not using them within the context of what the reality is which is also happening within the spiritual community such as like downloads and light codes and all these made up <laughs> 5d and all these made up words and i want to say somebody made these up somebody somewhere and then said i got this from someone and then it's essentially like believing a religion from yeah. someone who wrote yeah. a book and said this is the way it is which is why the discernment is key mm -hmm. and 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 going looking at what is clouding our vision which goes back it's like the mara right um or the maya yeah, the Maya. Sorry, Mara is the demon Mara. Um, but it's, they're related, I, I would say, potentially. Um, but the Maya, the illusion, the yeah. the stories we tell ourselves, the stories we learn, again, those expectations, all those things. So, uh, again, recognizing that is also part of the rewiring of the brain and the body. Right. And I also see it as, you know, these sound bites. It's it's just another avenue for people to not take responsibility for their pathway forward. Right. It's yeah. So the way they take it in is is so limited. It's yeah. just a, a little yeah. Yeah, a little <laughs> blip on the radar. And yeah. And without using discernment or even critical thinking to a certain extent, yeah. they're not actually applying anything with any kind of rigor or relevancy in yeah. their journey. And, yeah. and it's just another way from my perspective, it's just another way that they give their power away and then expect yeah. someone to help them fix it later. So if I have this session with you, it's going to fix it. Or if I go do this, it's going to fix it when yeah. in reality, no, you have to come into yourself and, and you've got to go into your process and you have yeah. to make that your practice for the rest of exactly. your life. We're just the and, messenger. We're just here yeah. to transmit the information that comes through. Like you got to yeah. do Here's your ingredients. You well, gotta... yeah. And it's the same if you, you know, there were teachers that told me about authors that then I went and read their books, you know, uh, mm -hmm. and we're talking about like literally like in school, I was like, oh, this is interesting. I'm going to check out who that is. Um, 
And like I, one example, I remember being very young, I was seventh grade and the um, I took Japanese and someone told me about Pearl S. Buck, who wrote a lot about Japanese culture and Japanese things. And I was like, oh, well, I'm going to read some of her books. So, of course, I went to the library and found them and read them. And, and so I, I recommend certain books constantly. I, I listen to them, read them, whatever. Uh, just take in the we're, we're such a sound bite culture now impatience yeah yeah and that and that it creates impatience in our brain it literally wires our brain for the impatience where mm -hmm. we can't sit still where we can't just be where we can't be present because we're looking for you know uh, and i might be taking this out of context and reducing it but the next dopamine hit yes you know? well yeah um, and, and it is it's changing our entire uh, the way our brain maps information yeah. and we want to stop that, you know, and, and again, there's a lot of gifts in the, in the world of social media, but it's such a small place, which is why now I'm like, well, I want some longer form writing, not just my books. I'm like, maybe a blog, somebody can read within a thing within two to four minutes. I was yeah. going to ask when you're launching your podcast, just because you're- Well, that too. Well, well so. thank you. <laughs> well, and my thought is, is that I might just like release the blog post and then record them as well, because maybe <laughs> people don't want to do that. Yeah. Talking, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm thinking I'm going to do both. And and I tried launching a podcast a couple of years ago and it really didn't land and i i um i worked on a book last year and and i was working with an editor at the time and he um that i'd been approached by and i'd already written a, a, a essentially a proposal for a spirituality book but it, it was in the vein of like uh, the power of now or something like that so and i realized that it for him it wasn't landing and he was like I want it. I loved it. The way he said it was, I want it dripping with Christian. Oh. I was like, what is that? What does that mean? So speaking of process here and process of creative human and going through iterations was I went back to essentially I'd written down my philosophy. The, the working title of the book was You Are Here on Purpose. And he was like, there's already been enough purpose books, all that. And of course, I discovered a book recently that was published in 2021 called On Purpose. And I'm oh, like, shit. Jay, Jay Shetty has his thing on purpose or whatever, you know, his podcast, all those things. And so so I was like, okay, and people are using the term purpose as mm -hmm. intent. And that's not how I really use the word. Again, significance, how I use the word and recognizing your own significance, taking out of context of a capitalistic perception and bringing it back into the spiritual realm. Um, again, that maybe is another issue that I see in the spiritual community as having mm -hmm. to capitalize on all of this, like yeah. I touched on earlier. And, and so, but in the process, I was like, oh, okay, I've got to tell my story. So actually my grandmother, um, bad things turning to good. I ended up having to take my grandmother to the emergency room. She ended up being fine, but we were there all night. And I just got an Anne Lamont book, uh, Notes on Hope. And I read the book and that night while I sat in the emergency room and I was blown away because that was in the midst of me figuring out, I told my editor, I said, okay, cause I sent him the first proposal and he was like, this is like everything else out there. I I've seen what you do. I've heard what you said. He's like, I need more of Christian in it. And he I'm guessing- more of that personality. You, and that the fun, exactly, yeah. exactly, exactly. So I was like, okay, okay, okay. Like, and I so- 
Yeah, like I, 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 my practice has been mixing the sacred and the what's considered the sacred and the profane. By the yes. way, it's all sacred. <laughs> but and so I had left the profane out, and I was like, oh, I need to bring this back yeah. in. And you I have own that own, profane, own it. Yeah, and and so he, um, I was like, okay, these notes on hope are essays. They're on different things that she's written. They're funny. They're anecdotal. Uh, that she talks about her experience in life, and so it was akin to also like Elizabeth Gilbert and like her book yeah. Big Magic, and you know, so I was like, okay, um, this is how I'll, this is how I write it, and so. You know, it's interesting because I think what we're seeing more and more now is one of my philosophies is show your work. Sure. We don't want to the, the spiritual gurus can't be on pedestals anymore. In no. fact, the pedestals are crumbling. We've seen we saw that with the Dalai Lama, sadly. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I mean, I have I don't want to get into that, but I mean, I have my perception on what happened there. But um, but even so, regardless of whether the harm was intended or he has been harmful in the past or any of that, let's say he wasn't still the the fact of the matter is, is that it was harmful. What, yes. what happened there, mm -hmm. you know, and so spiritual teachers really need to be on there because they were already want to be discredited by everyone. Right? right. So they need we really need to be on our mark. And the way that we do that is we offer transparency. There mm -hmm. is no pedestal here. Hey, I'm human. I have I'm a mess like everyone else. I have been a mess. I'm just really good at um, at maneuvering it, at using my tools, at my practice. And for those of us that are in momentum of the practice, we have more grace like an athlete or a dancer would within it. Yep. But that doesn't mean like, you know, we understand how to or you understand how to play the piano really well. Uh, that doesn't mean that you still don't have to show up and you're still not going to learn new songs, you know, right. and 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 apply them in a way that is been a, that is through your your lens or your ear. If we stick to the music part of it. And so, like, I love when musicians do covers in their voice, you yeah. know, it's always Sarah McLaughlin was a favorite growing up and Tori Amos was too. And they would cover songs and it sounded like a new song. Yeah. But it was, but it was still sounded like it still, it sounded like the old song. So I think that's what we end up doing, like, um, a big, one of my, um, art teachers said, learn from the masters. We stand on the shoulders of giants. You can't be a giant without learning the giants that came before. And mm. so I think what's happening in our community too, is a lot of people aren't being thorough at, like we've touched on with their teachings. And so they're just going out there parroting things. It's funny. I see a lot of people parroting things and I know where it comes from, by the way, because I've been read a lot of books and I've come from this. I'm like, I know where that, who said that. Um, without credit given too. That's without credit. So exactly. Exactly. Yeah, or like, maybe like an original thought. <laughs> exactly. Or maybe, and some of them it's verbatim, by the way. Uh, yeah. Sometimes it's not. And I've had my own work stolen by a lot of humans. I mean, to some degree, it's meant to be stolen, integrated. When I say stolen and appropriated, what I mean by that is they put their own name on it. And yeah. it's, it's literally my quote yeah. um, or my tweet. And they yeah. went and were like, hey, I said this. And I'm like, no, you didn't. Stop it. Um, <laughs> oh, that's. <laughs> but, but the point is being this is that for those of us doing this work, the way that we do it with integrity is we tell our stories alongside the we show our work along the way. Yeah. Uh, you know, to say like, hey, 
I can be a hot mess too. And when I'm a hot mess, I go take a damn nap. Right. I when I feel like a toddler because I, it might be because I haven't got enough sleep or I haven't eaten or I, I need to hydrate or I need to take a damn walk. You know, <laughs> there 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 were all of these which goes back to the responsibility, inner parenting, contextualized things, using our inner adult, things like that. So, you know, again, all of this is the practice. Mm -hmm. But I think where we are now is people, and I noticed this in the art community, is I was told as an artist, don't show unfinished work mm -hmm. to a gallery, to museums, to collectors, anything like that. Well, let me tell you, millennials and younger want to see how the fuck you got there. Yes. And what I realized yep. in the writing of my book was I wanted to humanize the spiritual process because it is not, they're not mutually exclusive. Right. Being human, being the body is no different. This is why the ascension to 5D junk is just, and escaping the matrix and whatever these things these people are saying, um, are, I think is very dangerous mm -hmm. <laughs> and not helpful. Because why else are you here just to escape? And it sounds very, you know, tinted with Christianity um, or, or and other religions of we just come here and we have to suffer, right. and but we'll get our treasure later on. Your treasure and, in heaven. <laughs> and I think this is because, again, there's a lot of suffering. But why this is what frustrates me about a lot of these spaces is and even the spiritual community. Why are we suffering? We're suffering because humans are creating the suffering, perpetuating the suffering through through systems <laughs> and and that we're that we that through the conditioning we keep living into so what i think you asked earlier what my purpose is i think part of my purpose is to disrupt this <laughs> to expose it okay. to talk about it which is something that in my shift has been really scary and i mentioned an existential crisis at the beginning of our session and the existential crisis last year was i need to show more of myself well that just came around going around the circle i came back around that recently <laughs> and i had posted you know uh, we are all god in drag and made jesus <laughs> into you know into rupaul and and talked about you know in a funny way drag and whatever around east and I lost 500 followers, y'all. Fuck them. Oh. Like overnight. I I agree. I, I go away. We don't need to, to you know, but, uh, you know, and with as much compassion as possible. Yes. But but the point is that, fuck them. Yeah. And I had a lot of people. I had a lot of people who were um, who came at me, too, about it, thinking that I was supporting pedophiles, which oh. I, which was really. Like, How did you? Okay. Yeah, exactly. And <laughs> and so I was like, oh, my God, anytime on Instagram that I stand for something, the people go away, which is not a bad thing, right. mm -mm. but it still it's instigates. It is interesting to observe, yeah. but it's still and then the bullies come out. And so I, I, I. I, I it, it triggers my own insecurity. So my right. existential crisis was, oh my gosh, I'm moving in this direction where I don't want to say I'm an activist, but by my very existence of being a queer and people don't know I'm trans uh, thing that I haven't really talked about, um, 
I'm like, I'm going to have to, I have to talk about the injustice that's going on because the injustice is not separate from my spiritual journey (laughs) or other people's journey. And it brings the humanity into it. Hello, age of Aquarius things. (laughs) Absolutely Um, that. Yeah. And so we want to expose these injustices for what they are and how do we uh, how do we heal them? How do we correct them? How do we, and, and I don't know if we need new systems as much as we need a new way of looking at these things. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we do live within systems. I mean, we, we, uh, the whole nature is a system, everything's a system, but nothing's a closed system. Everything bumps up against everything else. And what humans like to do is they want to close the system. That's what we do with religion. There is it's nothing tidy. else. Yes. Yeah. At least they try it anyway. Yeah. And, and, and we can't do that. So for those, that don't know these pieces of me, I've been really struggling with going, okay, I have to step from behind the avatar of the country clairvoyant yeah, and start talking about certain things in another way. And I want to do it in a fun, funny way, because mm-hmm. I like, I like being able to be in a space where I can instigate you know, the circumstances of healing where someone is laughing one minute and crying the next, Mm -hmm. you know, I feel like I haven't done my job if we haven't gone through the full range of emotions and, 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 you (laughs) know, and so this is where we are now. And, and so I'm like, well, I have to live into my, into my philosophy, which is show my work. Mm-hmm. And I think we all need to do that. I mean, there's no getting around it now. And this is how we maintain our integrity, because if we are hiding something, then that is going to uh, look like shame and probably be from shame. Mm-hmm. And I just don't want to cultivate that in in myself or in my work. Let's mm-hmm. let's show up with as much compassion, as much grace, as much as much awareness as we can possibly, um, you know, have at any given moment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Love that. Wow. That was so well said so much. And so Thank well you. said, I love it. <laughs> Thank you. And I just want to reiterate though, just as somebody who's been following you for a long time and a regular digester of the information yeah. that you put out, you come across with so much authenticity and groundedness. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And thank you. I feel like um I can completely understand this uh this worry or apprehension about stepping out from behind that avatar and and becoming more vulnerable in yeah. that increased authenticity or exposure of self. It I I just really feel like you're going to be able to do this gracefully because of your groundedness. Like you you. actually call out the absurdity of (laughs) a lot of this, which is what humans need. It's what we- And as you're calling it out though, you're also getting the other people who already feel that way to be like, see, this motherfucker feels that way too. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and I'll say this, that is one thing that I'm seeing in the community happening a lot. As you know, for those that have followed me for a long time, I mean, I started out my account that way. I wanted to address the absurdity and it's it's something that has gained momentum more and more there, yeah, there's there a just, lot of meme accounts that are similar to yours now. And I'm, I'm yeah. like, he was the original, but like, yeah, all these well, people are you. doing it. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. No one. Well, not a lot of people were making, there was about four of us. That like Sister were, Shanti and yeah, well, you yeah. were like the originals or whatever. Yeah. Well, there was also, I would say Sassy Mantras. There was an, uh, an account called Inked Mystic and then True You Healing. And they consider themselves the meme mafia of spirituality. That's what, <laughs> of memes. 
And, you know, as far as I know, they were younger and they've since stopped, whereas, you know, I've continued and NASA and, and actually, uh, you know, yeah. And, and, and so I, I think that and some people, I think, do it better than me sometimes. I mean, I really do, which I'm glad, you know, I even repost some of them. And because that the high tide raises all boats. Yes. Um, yep. uh, and so I'm, I'm here for it. Um, but I'm also feeling like more and more like I'm I've become more aware of how to I've had my speaking of going back to that Saturn square, the Mercury in my chart. I think that's really one thing that I've struggled with in my whole life is using my voice. Mm. And what's come through showing up on Instagram and this process is really the baseline of it is is my communication. And it, it's a gift that I that I didn't realize I really knew I had. And the fact that I can do talk about uh, one thing I've been cultivating is talking about serious things while also laughing about them. Yeah. And I think that that is um, it's still really hard to do. <laughs> I, I struggle with it, but in a good way, like going to the gym. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I'm struggling with it because I'm like, okay, this has been said 50,000 ways. Um, you know, people have heard it this way. Can it be said differently? It's very mm -hmm. conscious for those that want to know. It's not always it just falls out of me, although sometimes it does. And, <laughs> and, you know, it's kind of like that motor learning, you know, learning how to throw a ball and, or shoot the arrow and, you know, and, and, and hit your target. Uh, you know, I've had to adjust, adapt yep. um, throughout the years and, and having to do it as, you know, again, to show my work, you know, I've been called out of my own privilege and had to look at that because I have can and and I and I heard someone talk about appropriation yesterday and I really loved it. They said um, it's appropriation if you don't have a relationship with the people that you're using the work of uh. and nothing I do. Um, everything I do has a relationship with what I've used everything. <laughs> and I'm not saying that justifies it, but this was a native human who was asking about appropriation and, and how that works. And, and there's a company that is, I don't know, a century or more old who may, and I can't remember the name of them that still makes these wool, wool uh, blankets and they, um, and their top buyer years ago were, um, were native Americans were the indigenous people in Oregon. And, and they said, well, what do you think about them using these? And it was started by two white men. And it was like, what do you think about that? Well, they said they always had a relationship with us. Yeah. They didn't just take them and create it. They, they consciously worked with us to create these patterns, to work with them. So they had a, a very strong part of the community mm -hmm. and, and yeah, like I consulting with them. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I've done my best to do that in my own work. I'm not saying it's been perfect or, you know, it, it's, it, you know, it's always worked out for me, but I, I think, that that's going back to the age of Aquarius, whatever, is I want to be very clear. We talk about these going within and doing the inner work and doing all that stuff. And a lot of it looks like uh, we have to do it alone. And to some degree, the answer to that is, or, or the reality of that is, yes, there is alone time. It's necessary to have that. But we are all in a community. Mm -hmm. We're all in a community. 
I mean, that's just the the basics of it. And there is no way to do something without having an impact on other people in our lives. Mm -hmm. So if you ask me again, what is my purpose? Again, lots of layers and nuance <laughs> to this is I want to leave it better than I found it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I love that. Yeah, that's wonderful. I mean, I often think about my own work on a daily basis in terms of like, okay, who who do I get to help today? Like who, yeah. who do I have the honor of being able to just help today yeah. and let, let that be enough. And, and that's all it has to be. And yeah. in nine times out of 10 in that process of helping, I'm helped too. There's so yeah. much reciprocation yeah. that the client doesn't even realize happens for well, me. And sometimes it's not a client. It's um, it's a possum that you feed in the backyard, yes. like I did yesterday. I just saved a bird. <laughs> I, mean, I just saved a bird on my garage. You know, yeah, whatever. <laughs> I, I mean, it, it's what? about it's about showing up at any given moment, and and being present in that moment, realizing, but not being present as in, um, oh, I'm going to meditate now. No, using that moment as the meditation and going, yep. what, what can I contribute here? And what you just mentioned is basically Chiron and astrology, the wounded healer, you know, he mm -hmm. showed up with his information. He, and, and I think in astrology, Chiron represents our contribution. They talk about it representing our greatest wound. And maybe that's true. And maybe that's true for some people. But to me, once we are aware of that, um, then we under it, it whatever's masking our contribution is there. And, and I, I'm, I'm very reticent to talk about helping or being helpful, helper, all of that. My thought is, is, you know, the way I want to do it is I'll show up with what I have and I'll yeah. do what I can, yeah. but I've also had to detach even in this work from being able to fix anything. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's you're there as like a, support right yeah. or a witness i often use that term, like, i'm here to witness yeah like, yeah yeah and that goes back to what i said earlier is that they are people uh, borrow the context i mean i have to do it i call people and i'm like i need your perception on this i'm gonna mm -hmm. i need you to help me connect this dot what do you feel about this and so you know i think that um yeah, all of us right now, this is what's tricky about what's happening is we live in the community, but the community is made up of the parts. And so it's each part is doing their part mm -hmm. and is clear on that without imposing on anyone else and essentially doing harm in that capacity. Um, then everything gets done. The, the issue is that a lot of people don't know what part they want to play. They don't know where they stand. They don't know what they want to do. They don't know yeah. Um, that. Yeah. I mean, our, again, our world is set up for a lot of suffering. So there's a lot of suffering involved in that. So we've got to first look at, which is why going back to the satire and the things we want to expose what's not working. Mm -hmm. Hey, this isn't working. Love and light isn't working. Yeah. You know, I mean, <laughs> if it did, and that's why I feel like about religion, if religion worked, We'd be in a different space. Yeah. Religion isn't working right now. And if, it, you know, we, I mean, we've got these giant ass churches that are raking in the dough, you know, and, and not giving back to the community, you know, and, and any number of other things that are taking place. So a lot of mismanagement within the spiritual space, um, regardless where you come from. And so if, if these things worked, the world would look different now. Yep. 
and the world does not look different. We're dealing with the exact same issues that that you know uh, Buddha and Christ talked about you know, 2,500 and 2,000 years ago, mm -hmm. you know? And so we have to look at it. We, we, we have to be willing to listen, <laughs> to observe and to learn from what's going on around us and, and address these, these issues head on. And sometimes we can do that. Uh, the way I use it sometimes is through subversion because sometimes <laughs> people are used to be to the subversiveness and that's what they respond to. So mm -hmm. Uh, I'll, I'll use it for as long as it's needed or whenever it's needed. I mean, I feel like subver subversiveness, it gets people to stop and think, right? So good catches them, <laughs> catches them off guard or even triggers them a little bit. And then they start yeah. to think about it. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, and I hope, I hope I don't trigger too much. I mean, I, I might, but I hope it's more in that, like putting the antiseptic in the wound, you yeah. know, Ooh, I'm not, yeah, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not looking to, you know, some accounts out there are like, if I don't trigger you, then you, you're not, you know, doing the work or whatever. Oh, they say, or, or if I do trigger right. you, you have work Deal to with do, it. Right? Exactly. You know? Oh God. Yeah. There's it's something so, wrong with you. It lacks so much like it's so much compassion yes and they're like i'm here to do that and i'm like uh no you're not no you're just We're, being an asshole is what you're exactly being, right? exactly like, just you can call a spade totally. a spade. yeah exactly and it <laughs> goes back to that seriousness that you talked about so wait going back to the thing is if we can my other philosophy is life is for entertainment purposes only <laughs> And I really, truly believe this. Again, humans have have disrupted that entertainment, have disrupted, have made us feel like we need to escape from this place. So it becomes the tragedy of the commons. Someone yeah. else will clean up the mess. Aliens. And, aliens and will clean up the mess. <laughs> aliens, Jesus, uh, Buddha's return. Because we realize Buddha's going to return as well. Exactly. Well, yeah. Wally will be the one to clean up the mess right now. <laughs> I mean, that's what it's looking more and more like is that ai is gonna you know reach its singularity soon enough and either destroy everyone or 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 help us you know um help us clean up the mess i'm not sure i i don't want to <laughs> yeah i i mean I, I, yeah i'm not saying that's in actuality i'm being a little sarcastic there hopefully people, <laughs> thank but, god um we got it <laughs> um yeah satire uh, so, everyone satire yeah I, yeah so um uh, yeah. So uh, yeah, we're, we're, we've, we've got to look at, at, and we, we do the, it's in our own life and I've done this in my own life, which is why I feel like I can do it publicly now. It's like, I know what my shortcomings are. Yeah. I know what my fuckery is. I know what those patterns are. Mm -hmm. I make fun of, and people don't realize this either. For those that are listening that need to hear this, I make fun of myself yeah. and what I do in this. Like I talk about astrology and I'm still goofy about talking about people um, including myself at certain points in my life, using it or cards as a soul system of discernment oh, and, yeah. and looking for answers that will fix my life, realizing that there was no direct way through. Right. Giving your power away again. Right. So giving yeah, your power away to that. a deck of cards or to an, an intuitive and, that's going to tell you like, this is what's going to happen. Yeah. And let's be clear. The power is in the practice. And, and sadly, I had a friend years ago who I've lost touch with, who spent um, his entire savings over $10,000 after a breakup on psychics. 
And I, I was like, you've got to instigate some practice mm-hmm. that's going to support you beyond doing this, you know, right. because he, he, he came to me twice in that zone, but spent a lot of time on the phone with the psychic. So this still happens y'all. And, and so, and I realized there was probably some mental illness in there. So of course I wanted to help identify that and like, let, Hey, let's look at the getting a therapy here. I think you need therapists, not psychics. Um, you know, things like that. When something is out of my wheelhouse, I am completely willing to do that. But we want to, you know, again, my thought is with all of these people, even the people that are struggling or saying, you know, the stupid shit, we want to be <laughs> compassionate about it, you know, Absolutely. and, and yeah. say, okay. And, but I'll say this, the, the ones that really infuriate me are the ones that are the frauds and you just know they are, yeah. and they've mm-hmm. got hundreds of thousands of followers, some of them a quarter to a half a million. Mm -hmm. And the stuff that they are saying is just left field. Mm -hmm. And also they're not being transparent. There's one person out there who's had, who's got a lot of followers and I will not name them and who I think struggles with mental illness. And I know they do. In fact, they've had three mental breakdowns and yet they are out there dispensing advice. I, I have a feeling I know who this is. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and I, and I don't, I, you know, I'll probably get to some point in my career. Well, I'll be very vocal and more direct with who these people are because, and then there's another one, one's male, one's female, um, who has a lot. And some of the things that fall out of her mouth, I'm like, there's a, yeah, there's a lot of people who are saying things that aren't directly verifiable, right? Yeah. So then then it really de- does become like the tenets yeah. of a religion. Like you either yeah. believe this or you don't. You're with us or you're not. And then yeah. if you're not with us, you're going to miss the boat. Yeah. And that is terrifying to people where like they're just trying to navigate through yeah. whatever fucked upness yeah. they're going through, trying yeah. to find themselves. They're not trying, trying to feel like that. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I have come across accounts like that where I follow them just to like, me too. (laughs) If someone looks at my follow, they'll be like, why do you follow this person? I'm like, well, I follow them for research research and development. Exactly. It's it's R and D. Yeah. Agree. And there, there's just so I'm just, I'm so dumbfounded by a lot of the stuff that's said in with such certainty and Mm -hmm. such authority and people are like oh my god i feel that completely and i'm like wait a minute like what this power of the words and the like how much you can influence somebody's thoughts opinions and actions based off of what you're saying if they have no thoughts on these things and then you're over here presenting ideas it's like planting a seed in them at some point it's really irresponsible really yeah yeah so this is why i love this conversation because it's drilling down to what do you actually need to do as an individual to take responsibility for your journey in a very grounded, practical way and still be human about it. Mm -hmm. Like you're here to be a human. If you didn't want to be a human, you would not have chosen this. We wouldn't have incarnated. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. (laughs) And, and, and then also uh, to take it out of any narcissism here, the 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 next thing or not so much the next thing but to do in tandem um with that is to say what is my influence mm-hmm. how am i impacting my world with my behaviors 
Um, how, how am I impacting other people in that world? Um, am I, you know, what am I resonating? You know, in a lot of Hindu traditions, the, the karma, they say, which is just, by the way, the action, our actions are mm -hmm. the, and the reactions that take yeah. place, right? The cause and effect. We, when we radiate karma, um, what is your karma? Do, do you smell like a flower? <laughs> or do you smell like shit? <laughs> yeah, the karma is is the aroma like that Candace. that comes out of us. Yeah, right. You know? <laughs> uh, that kind of flower. Um, there is that kind of flower. I've I've have encountered lots of those. Um, and I I I have nothing against cannabis. I can't use it regularly. In fact, any drug I use or have attempted to use, I mean, it just takes me to the nth degree. So oh. cannabis completely shuts down my entire system. I mean, my oh. short-term memory, everything. I feel very relaxed, but in the- But everything else day, is. <laughs> yeah, I become a rock, which I like <laughs> sometimes. So occasionally I will go into and incarnate as a rock through cannabis. <laughs> nice. But, um, you know, okay, again, occasionally, I mean, we're talking- talking about with years in between when that happens. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, again, though, but but some people need it, you know, but but going back to karma, you know, the, your aroma, the karma, whatever your the aroma is and whatever, <laughs> is that, again, I think people that are uh, that have been working through it, you can just tell. And then the people yeah. that aren't, if, if you're paying attention, if you're tuning in, if you're being honest with yourself about mm -hmm. your own stuff, if you're unwilling to project, if you've stopped really the selfish grasping, because what a lot of these people also instigate within other humans is they fulfill the need for authority. Yeah. Uh, they fulfill the need for um, the fear because we are to some degree on that loop of fear. We're used to it. That's been one of my biggest challenges is when I started moving away from it, it felt like moving away from the edge of the pool when I learned to swim and mm. deciding to swim in the deep end. I was like, but I need it. I need the fear. If I don't have the fear, and this is why a lot of people say we need the ego. I'm not so sure. I'm not convinced. Um, what we do is we transform it. Like we talked about the transformation factor is that it stops operating in one way and we realize consciously, well, I need to eat and to sleep and take care of myself, but I don't need my fear centers, right. you know, going off and alarming me in the middle of the night because I didn't write that email. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I'm being hunted for sport because I didn't write an email. You know, yeah. <laughs> I forgot to do something. Yeah, or, you know? yeah I'm nervous. Yeah. A little, yeah. little fight or flight kicks in or yeah. uh, that yeah. little yeah. That's so that's interesting yeah. because from a, a Reiki perspective, because I I teach students all the time and yeah. From a Reiki perspective, we talk about the ego as not necessarily a bad thing. It's like the software that your human body needs Part in order to yeah. connect to the divine. Yeah. But what the real problem is, is the unhealed aspects of the ego. Yeah. Like, yeah. The inner child, the wounded inner child, the trauma that's happened and yeah. the conditioning that's happened. And I like to separate it out that way because our ego is part of our identity. It's what makes yeah. me distinct from you and Mio right now. It's also yeah. what allows us to interrelate yeah. with complexity. Yeah. So, I mean, we think about ego as bad and um, I don't yeah. necessarily agree when people say like, it's bad. I'm like, no, we have to rectify and resolve those parts of it that have been very wounded and are scared. Yeah. So like the ego is there to protect us in a certain, mm. in a certain yeah. regard. Well, yeah. And, 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 and yeah. And my thought is, is the ego 
in my vocabulary, it points to a survival, their survival centers. Yes. And the amygdala of the brain and certain humans, meditators, uh, Buddhists, athletes, uh, doesn't turn on. And, and then we could also look at ego through the lens of what you mentioned as identity. Mm-hmm. So this is, I'm taking on this identity. This is my name. This is my body. This is how tall I am. This is how short I am. These are, this is, we can make a list of things of who we are and then attribute that to ego. And from that perspective, you know, the identity, yeah, does not have to get in the way of anything. Um, but if the identity is tied up in the story of who we are, as yeah. what's in spiritual thing is a little me, then yeah, then it can be tied up in those fear centers because if we're not validating those spaces um, with a barrage of whatever's needed for validation, right. then it 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 can control everything and we seek that out, right? We look for it, we want it, we have to feed it, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um we have to feed it the fear. We have to feed it the worry. We have to feed it all those things. But so, you know, my thought is with the element of the ego that is instigated by the fear and survival is I don't need the fear telling me how to survive anymore. Right. I can use my contextual clues mm-hmm. uh, and intuit it even to know what to do next and to know that if I am paying attention, being present and, and willing to use other tools like the intuition, med- meditation, uh, purposeful, you know, awareness, we'll say, uh, all of that, then I don't need the fear coming up and going, hey, remember me? If you don't do this, you're going to die. <laughs> At the most extreme, right? Of it, like, <laughs> Very traumatic. It, it is. The, yeah. brain, the brain doesn't really have a lot of middle way sometimes mm-hmm. it's it very much so wants the the immediate gratification and again we see this in social media we see this in the information of the spiritual community this goes back to everything we've talked about if i can just get this soundbite what if this one soundbite does the thing and i hate these things that are like uh, that say make a reel or save this reel or save this sound and you're gonna win a million dollars or your soulmate's <laughs> gonna contact you yeah i mean like uh... all, i mean Exactly. Like that is, that is, it's a chain letter with a different font. (laughs) That's all. Yeah, absolutely. I remember them. And so it's just, it's, 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 it's again, it's another way that the authority takes hold of us and says, it has to be this way. It has to be this way when it doesn't have to be this way. Mm -mm. And I'm like, there's a secret third thing. Let's find out what the fuck that is. Yep. You know, always, there's always a secret third thing that we maybe don't know about. Always another option, maybe a secret fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth, and to infinity. So, you know, there's always different. And, and again, that's what this things, uh, that's why I say like, um, uh, syntax, vocabulary, things like that. Sometimes we're all using it a little bit differently. So let's like, it's why agreeing on time zones is so important. If you would have told me it was 12 o'clock today without telling me the time zone, I would have shown up yeah. an hour earlier. Yeah. Right. And yep. so, you know, we want to come to some agreement about these terms. And that's the, that's the challenge with the spiritual community is there's, uh, there is agreement if you come from a tradition, yeah, you know, uh, of people. But even in those traditions, those traditions split. Some of them, and did, even in Christianity, we have a more homogenized ver- version of it through the Council of Nicaea, and eventually through the King James version of things, which has been shown mistranslates a, yeah. a significant amount 
of things. Um, and so, you know, but if you can get everyone to agree, going back to that on these things, there's twofold. There's you, it homogenizes it to some degree, and that's good to make things run smoothly, but it also doesn't allow for the nuance potentially. Right. So, and that's where I think we are in this age of Aquarians is, is recognizing the bigger picture and all of, and, and, and knowing also the map is not the territory. Mm. Yeah, we can go out of bounds. Yep. We can yeah. go out of bounds. You can go yeah. above it, below it, you can roll it up. <laughs> and what we see on a flat surface is not indicative of the way the roads are are hilly oh. or yep. the mountains. Even if it says yep. there's mountains, we're gonna try and integrate this through a graphic, but you know, that's just so we've got to experience it. Yeah. And take it in and discern. Yeah. I think that's so important. Everybody wants the answer or the solution for how to move through it when really, you know, the journey, like that's the journey you get that's, to yeah. find out as you do it. That's and the that's experience. The track. Oh, and it's so yeah. beautiful too. Like I, I really wish that I could impress that upon people too, is like just living this yeah. is sacred. I think you had said that, you know, yeah. the process is sacred and yeah. You get to, you get to do this and you get to come out the other side and reflect on like what you did when we're done here in these suits that we wear. But yeah, <laughs> so well, I have, oh, go ahead. No, I was going to add to it saying like the, I, I think that goes back to what to iterate it again is that humans are really good at automating things. We're seeing that through <laughs> AI. They want to yes. automate it. And the I've found out in my journey for those that need to hear this, me attempting to automate my practice has not worked because mm. I will have an aha moment. I will immediately uh, have made the assumption that I've gotten it, which means I'm going to know where that tool is. I'm going to go to it. I'm over that trauma, whatever the fuck the story was. <laughs> and then days, months, weeks, years, whatever, later, that same shit showed up again. Yeah. Because yep. I thought I had automated it. I thought the aha moment was the automation, but the aha moment is the moment where you want to grasp it, right. write it down and, and then start using it. That's where the practice really begins for us is where, you know, the awakening is the process, right? It's all, mm -hmm. there. Yeah. there's no separation here. And so for me, when those aha moments come, I'm like, well, let me write this down. Let me, let me, what's coming through that I was asking for my attention to work on recently over the last year, there's been like this dichotomy of me selfishly wanting certain things from my life that I feel like I haven't gotten mm -hmm. versus me shelving that like I have for many years now. And showing up for the people that need me within my, my, who come into my vicinity, whatever that is, whether that's through social media, through a client or something like that. So I've had to go, okay, well, let me, my practice has been practicing my aha moment when I was like, I've been really selfish in my life and low key manipulative, trying mm -hmm. to get things to be a certain way in order to feel safe, secure, whatever, which isn't a bad thing. I think safety and security are paramount. I think they're mm -hmm. important. And I think we have the opportunity as humans to support each other in that. Humans have done a really lousy job of that uh, from my perspective for the most part, or else we wouldn't have the world we have. Right. But, um, but, I, but I also 
for me had to address my own um, harm, you know, of, 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 of what I think has to come through. And that aha moment had to be something that was integrated. And yeah. I couldn't, I, 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 I couldn't say, oh, well, I've gotten it. Nothing. I, and I, I jokingly say, you know, once you recognize the elephant in the room, keep the elephant in the room. Yeah. It can't it's, just be like the cognitive yeah. recognition. Yeah. It's got to be like the full integration. Yeah. And, and through the practice, the elephant will shrink. You, you know, we'll have more space because we become aware. So the elephant shrinks. But when once the elephant's small enough, put them on the shelf. Mm. and just let the elephant sit there cute little know. elephant yeah yeah thanks for <laughs> thanks for thanks for showing up and you know letting me you know recognize what needed recognition yeah. and I'm gonna set you right there and you know and and of course at this point I have a collection of elephants but well, you know and it that's is an what it is that's an important point too like the elephant never really goes away it just no. changes size and shape right yeah. so it becomes yeah, yeah it becomes shape something shifts. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, just, and the thing that was so important becomes small eventually, mm -hmm, yeah, you know, yeah. that thing. Um, but again, we want to, we want to look at it. Let's not ignore anything. Yeah. 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 And um, just to touch back on something you had said way early when we started was like, you had to touch all the pieces. Like yeah. that elephant is still a piece. It's yeah. still a part and keeping that. No, oh, that's okay. Keeping Sorry, that. My, it's Go Mercury ahead. retrograde. Yeah, I don't great. know why that did that. I was like, why is why are you talking, Siri? Anyway, <laughs> yeah, we're having a moment. Sorry, that's all right. Um, no, no, oh you're God. saying such a beautiful thing, and I'm like, why? Why did you start talking? Anyway, okay. There we this go. is what makes podcasting <clears throat> so fun, right? Yeah. So my know. point is that the elephant is a piece of you and it's a yes. part of, it's a reminder of how, what you got to go through or what you got yes. to realize. So why wouldn't you keep the elephant in the room, but it, it becomes manageable. It becomes a manageable yeah. reminder of what you've been through, who you are, what you've learned yes. as a result of that. And yes, uh, so many people just want to like get through it and forget about it. And I'm like, but that's, that's part of you, yeah. right? Well, it's a, it's a trauma response. I mean, yeah, absolutely. yeah let's just be But the minute we forget about it, we, we find ourselves there again. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I was going to ask you, sure. this is and you can choose to expand on this or not, but when you started to dig really deep into your process, your work, um, is that when you noticed your Crohn's start to resolve? Yes and no. I think there's been a fluctuation. I would say in my teen years and early 20s, yes. Uh, uh, and I, I think that, I, again, to speak to my process, I used to do everything very intuitively, mm -hmm. extremely intuitively. And, and in my 30s, when I started to realize I was going to teach whatever the process was and write it down and break it down, um there were a lot of fluctuations. There was a lot of, I, I still feel like another analogy um, of, with the elephant is I feel like I walk the rim of the pit <laughs> that at any given moment, I can like 
tip I over. Can just, I can, yeah, I, I can just tip over if I'm not paying attention. Uh, and so, and, and I did, I tipped over a couple of weeks ago to some degree um, and, and put, a, put certain things on pause, not everything, but some things went on pause, which is really dangerous for me. So I kept posting the Instagram, I, I kept working out I, and I mostly kept up with my diet. Um, but I knew that if I, if I start, I start to crave sugars mm. and in the past, I didn't realize I would, would be so depleted and tired. I would just reach for whatever these, these things. Yeah. yeah. And then it would, it would set it off again. So I, I definitely, there was a pendulum and, and so to answer your question, yes, when I am paying attention, it seems, and when I'm, when I'm in my practice it, things seem to resolve because I'm not allowing my unconscious urges to take me over yeah. that will create the circumstance that I don't want. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, it's that simple. Mm -hmm. As long as I'm aware of what I do to create those circumstances, then I won't do it. If, if I stopped paying attention to the diet and the supplements and doing the anti-anxiety work and whatever else um, that that needed to happen uh, and and being vocal about it, talking to people, reaching out, like being yeah. honest with myself about all of it. If I stop that, then yeah, I mean, I had to come to the conclusion last week that I had fallen into a depression mm -hmm. and, and I fall into depressions periodically, but normally it's like a day, maybe mm -hmm. two. Um, this one lasted about, has lasted about three weeks. Mm -hmm. I seem to be coming out of it, but in those times I'm not as rational. Mm -hmm. And, and again, I had to go back to my philosophy of of doing everything on purpose, recognizing mm -hmm. the significance of what of this depression. What is this trying? What's what's being communicated to me? And as long as I, that's a really good way to say it, is as long as I maintain communication with myself, which really the root of that is, of course, communion, right? Yeah. As long as I'm maintaining that, then, uh then yeah, it seems that my physical body is not as reactionary. I, I seem to have gotten out of manifesting everything through my body in my 20s. Um, last year, I seem to work through it, but it keeps, again, but it, it flares back up. And for some reason, my emotional state is is directly linked to my body. Yeah. I mean, it is. And and I don't know. I think this is true for everyone to some degree. Mm -hmm. For me, it can be extra for whatever reason. If we look at my astrology, it's- You're hypersensitive. It's a yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, there's that stuff. I mean, I, and, and recently, to give you all a little scope of things, um, I have a hard time separating things from what's going on in who I'm living with. So I'm living with my grandmother. So she recently had a UTI. And uh, over the last few days, well, it's had stopped by yesterday, but uh, leading up to that, I was peeing constantly. Oh, and oh. I noticed that she was starting, like that was happening to her. I thought it was cleared out, but then she's like, oh, overactive bladders come back. I'm the UTI is back, all that. So I was like, okay. So I identified, I was like, okay, I'm going to stop peeing all the time. I've taken <laughs> on something that's my grandmother's and yep. I don't want to take this on. And it stopped. Yep. 
I mean, I, and I can't describe what this is except for the fact that research has shown when people sit in a movie theater, their brain waves and their emotions synchronize to yep. what's going on on the screen. Yes. Same with concerts too, I imagine. Uh, any of those. And, and I would imagine same with that. And even right now in my person, in, in a personal relationship, um, I have struggled with not taking on this person's stuff. Yeah. You know, so yeah. I, I think that these, these things um, become, have been one of my big challenges. Um, but what, you know, I'll say what always pulls me out of is my creativity. That's the yeah. one thing. And again, going back to my own philosophy, what I've learned and why I'm not applying it. And then what's the real reason that's what am I afraid of? You know, mm -hmm. what, what am I attempting to um, protect myself from? Yep. And, and right now I'm sending my book out. I'm, you know, <gasps> I'm again, moving out from behind, um, the country clairvoyant more and more and being ever more transparent in my process mm -hmm. and which I really don't mind doing. Um, but I think we need, I think we need to know how the spiritual teachers got to where they are. What, what was your, I want to know what your fucking trauma was, yeah. you know? And, and it's funny because even listening to Eckhart Tolle over the years, something shifted in my relationship to him and his work is if you listen to his talks, he'll give you the backstory of, of how the power of now came to be and how these things came to be. And he'll tell you stories. And I'm like, oh, well, that humanized him for me. Yeah. You know, it, it took him off the pedestal from my perspective in a healthy way, not because he fell from it, not because he did something lousy that, you know, showed up in the news, but, but because I'm like, oh, you struggled with all the same shit. And people don't realize like he had his awakening, which by the way, was a Saturn return, by the way, 29. <laughs> um, wow. Just Imagine to let you that. know. Yeah. That. Just, and same with Christ, right? Same with right. Christ. Um, you know, he went into the desert, was 29. So uh -huh. anyway, I there's- I didn't even think about that. Yeah. that mm -hmm. I did not even think about that. Yeah. yeah. Um, same with Buddha. Buddha left around 29. That's when he left his- <sighs> Saturn um, fucking return. I tell people that all the and time. Then like, Saturn, <laughs> and then in a Saturn square- is when he started teaching, you know, when he created the Sangha and did all, or, you know, did all of his thing. And so, or what came to be known as the Sangha. And so, yeah, again, like, you know, so I know it's fascinating to look at anyway. And so I was like, Oh, I connected that dot. He was 29, but he basically was homeless, sat on a bench for like, you know, um, <laughs> in a park, he says, which he said really didn't happen. He worked, he, and he did have a place to live, but he did the bare minimum, got jobs when he needed money, when he didn't need money to it, which I was like, okay. And kind of lived in this blissful state, which I have experienced periodically at weeks. I think certain of us have maybe an hour, maybe less, you know, you feel that bliss and you don't want to, you just want to live in the bliss and it's not caused by depression. You're not, whatever, call it Nirvana. And then he had to go back what I love about his process that people don't realize is in order to write the book he wrote, in order to understand what happened to him, he went back and about after two years, he's like, what the fuck happened to me? <laughs> and he went back and started learning. That's when he learned more about Buddhism and learned about all these different really things that he ended up talking about um, because he didn't know, he didn't have the vocabulary for that. So he had to have the vocabulary, which he acquired and then wrote those books. Yeah. 
And it took him, he was 40, I think, when that book was published. So you're so, right on time, Christian. You're right I, on time. <laughs> I suppose. <laughs> I like to think so. I mean, the same with Louise Hay. I don't think published Heal Your Body until around 40. You know, so I, I think 40 is a big, that late 30s, early 40s is a big transition point for a lot of humans, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I find it very interesting that if we look at stories, we again, we want to contextualize these things. And for some reason in my process, because Eckhart Tolle had played a big role in my awareness very early on when I, you know, late teens, early twenties, um, in my thirties, I listened to him talk and listened to these stories he told. And I was like, this just didn't happen to him to some degree. It did. He had a collapse of the ego, whatever you want to call it. Right. The junk standing in the way of his perceptions. And then he came back to himself and had to, then decided he wanted to articulate and to teach the word, teach whatever yeah. he had learned. And he worked with people privately, by the way, for many years. In fact, years ago, I went on a um, a retreat here in, well, in, not here, I'm in Virginia now, but in Georgia with one of his old friends. Oh, fun. Yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> who lived in, who lived in London. Uh, I think it was Glastonbury where, where his place was, but um, he's like, yeah, we used to hang out all the time. And so, of course, he, he didn't know him as Eckhart at the time. So even that yeah, in my cool. spiritual process, I got in, you know, humanized this person. So mm -hmm. our spiritual teachers are humans and we need to know that. Yes. <clears throat> oh, my goodness. Wow. <laughs> what a conversation. I, I, I think this is a great place for us to ease out of it with, you know, <laughs> fully recognizing and acknowledging that we're all human, messy as fuck in our humanness. Organized and chaos. Yeah. <laughs> it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Love it. Yeah. This has been such a fun conversation. And I, I very much enjoyed listening to you. Speak. Oh my gosh. Hearing the story and hearing, hearing Thank and you. seeing you in person ish, <laughs> but step out from behind that. It's, you know, how lucky are we to like get to have conversations like these just open, <laughs> real and honest about like, dude, here, this is what I we're love going it. To. <laughs> yeah. It's so great. And I'm so excited to see this like next stage of evolution yep. for you, your really metamorphosis as yeah. we were referring to it. It's going to be exciting for you. I feel like layer of the labyrinth. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Oh. I'm, I'm, I'm actually trying to get <clears throat> labyrinth has been showing up for me a lot. And I was like in a labyrinth, you just walk to the center. So that's what I'm practicing right now. <laughs> just Let's just over the Bushes. Let's just go to the source. Yeah. Let's just go to the source. Let's just go straight to it. And there are no walls here. Um, right, except the ones I put up for myself. And let's just let's just go for it. Self-imposed limitations. Yeah. That's like something I reflect on a lot is like, wow, I'm the only one holding myself back at this point. So yeah. let's just stop like, that shit. <laughs> well, it becomes a really good excuse. And I've been practicing giving those up. Good for you. And we'll all practice giving up excuses because they're all bullshit. So Good. Christian, thank you so much for thank joining you. us. And I can't I wait to it. get this edited and put out there for everybody to listen to. Yeah. Thank for you. Sure. Thank you. I managed not to cough through any of it. You did great. <laughs> so um, if you could just repeat one last time how people can find you, work with you, book with you. Sure. Yeah. So um, ChristianBWest.com, TheCountryClairvoyant.com. Again, same website. Google me, Christian Bradley West. Instagram, TheCountryClairvoyant. Uh, and Twitter, I'm on Christian B. West. But most of that finds its way onto Instagram. I'm not as active on there. Um, 
And yeah, you, we do astrology, we do intuitive, I read tarot. Um, and I'd say pretty much every session is geared toward clarity. People want some clarity yep. around a circumstance and around whatever it may be. And we can go as deep as you want. Normally we go pretty deep because I can't help myself. I'm yeah. like, let's, let's go straight for it. Let's look at what the thing is. The center of the and labyrinth. Exactly. Let's go for <laughs> it. And, and yeah, so, and I'm, I'm, I'm pretty available because I do my best to, to maintain availability. Oh, good. Good for you. So that you're not this far unreachable person that they can't work with. Six months out. I don't know how that works. I've been questioning how people, and I see newer practitioners who charge twice as much as I do. And I have no, I'm like, how are you making this work? I'm like, I'm really curious about it because I feel like my prices are very economical Mm -hmm. (laughs) and want to keep them that way because I do want to be available. And I don't know how people too, I mean, this is just total side note, you can edit this out, but um, (laughs) how people don't, yeah, but this is something I think about a lot. I'm like, how are you, like, I've been doing this for 20 plus years. Like, how are you like charging this? And you just started doing it. Like, I, I uh, don't know. And, and how are you not, how are you booked? How do you fill up all your spaces? Like, and, and, and are people beating down your door? Cause I would really like to know how you manage that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I might look popular, but people are not beating down my door, but if they were, I'd be okay with it. Well, some weeks they are, but have you, have you ever stopped to think that people aren't beating down your door to give you like the universe is giving you space to write this book? I have thought of that many times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that's the other practice and the other things that we're going through too. Cause I'm the same way where I'm like, some days I'm like, it doesn't make sense, but mm-hmm. it always happens. Things yeah. always come in. Everything's always like taken care of. Uh, it, yeah, I felt that way, even with, you know, st- taking a step back, I've been a photographer for over 10 years Yeah, and even during COVID and all that, when the entire world shut down, it's like, okay, that shut down all my weddings. So I can't travel or shoot events. Yeah, And so it allowed us to focus on our podcast and to focus yeah. on the Oracle decks that we created and to really get into like making our membership you know, area kind of set up and yeah, yeah we did a lot of work over we that. We got a lot years. done during that time. Yep. Once I stopped kicking and screaming that yeah, right. my career was <laughs> ending. So I thought it was ending when it was just pausing. So I could allow these other things to pass through. And then yeah. now it's resuming again in its own different ways. So. Way. There you go. All the pieces. Yeah. And it is. And I feel that shift now. And you're right. I think part of it is the creativity. And that's why I'm like, okay, I just need to pull myself out of whatever this zone I've fallen into because I tend to do it and periodically. And I'm like, let's, let's keep going. And keep going. I'm excited. Yeah. I'm excited for you. And I'm excited to watch all of this unfold. Like, thank you in the way that it's supposed to. So again, we are Shannon and Mia with Souls and Stardust podcast. Uh, you can reach us soulsandstardustpodcast.com where we have um, our little membership area for extended readings and stuff like that. Uh, private guided meditations and a couple little online courses about how to create your own Oracle deck and all kinds of good stuff. Um, so if you want to join us there on Instagram with the same name, um, thank you so much for joining us. We're very, very beyond grateful for your energy and your wisdom and just your vulnerability and sharing. And we hope that everybody listening can connect in and find um, 
find the value in what you are trying to translate from for the people. So yeah, thank you. Yeah, and go check out Christian. Absolutely. Thank you so much. <laughs> we'll see you guys very soon. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm Shannon, and that's Mio. We appreciate so much all of the love and support of the last couple of years while we create all the things for you, including this podcast. There are other ways you can support us as well. You can now visit the soulsandstardustpodcast.com where you can order oracle decks, book readings, and healing sessions. You can join The Collective, a membership group where we offer access to extended readings, mini courses on reading astrology charts, or creating your own oracle deck, also meditations, and so much more. You could also join us on social media. We are on Instagram at Mio Baglini and at Gratitude Maven, or at Souls and Stardust Podcast. We hope to see you there.